1: Tonight, we got him. Goldie and assault. the
0: Salt. This is a disgusting, disgusting, disgusting
2: display. And it starts right
3: now. Oh, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of A Typical Disgusting Display, a podcast for writers, by writers who hate writing. And before we get going today... I wanted to just circle back and talk a little bit about last week's episode (laughs) with Pete Holmes because, boy, that was great. He was so awesome. What a shot in the arm he was, really. And, and Goldie, I know you felt that way, too. Um, It was like we're busy here flapping our wings furiously trying to fly, and you just watch Pete Holmes just soaring effortlessly. (laughs) He's in such a, a zone comedically. It was just a joy uh to talk to him. But one thing I wanted to briefly mention was towards the end of the podcast, Goldie, uh Pete was was trying to reach out to me a little bit and you said, don't bother trying to reach out to him. He's kind of he's like a Mr. Ripley. And and and, and then you pointed out as evidence of that that You've been wearing glasses forever, <laughs> and now suddenly I'm wearing glasses. First of all, I've been wearing glasses for three years, but that's OK. But sure. I just, I just but wanted to say Next.: just, uh, Yeah, I just wanted to say, you think I'm going to Mr. Ripley you? Was that Mr. Ripley's thing? Like you would go to Venice and say, "Oh, I want to be that gondolier?" No, I'm oh, not. Part Ripley- of the
0: scam is like, who, who would ever believe you <laughs> right. over me? Because in court, it's going to be your word against mine, and you're going to show up, and everyone's going to believe me. That's part of the whole Mr. Ripley gaslighting me. I, mean, I notice even Tom's wearing the glasses now. Like I planted my flag on these glasses in, in what 1997? I mean, I've been here. Where have you guys been? And now all of a sudden, everyone wants to wear these big glasses. Like, like I need to add a personality. I'm almost fifty or in I Tom, do love Tom's glasses. case fifty-two. I need to add some personality. I will well, steal the one thing that's working for Goldie. I'll take his the one thing from him and make it mine and leave him with nothing. And then when in court thing? no one will believe him. Okay. First right. joke of the day. First joke of the day. <laughs> barely qualified,
3: I'll add. Come on, it was But good. so uh, I, I you you mentioned Tom twice in that um, sort of yes. semi-rant there and and The Tom we're referring to is, we're not going to say his whole name, it's Tom G, and he's our first uh, Patreon premium uh, friend who's here on the show. He's paying an undisclosed amount of money to sit here and and watch us do our thing. Uh, So Tom G, welcome, welcome uh, Welcome to a typical disgusting display, and thank you.
1: Hello, thank you. I don't know the ground rules. Am I allowed to talk, or am I just (laughs) observing? Well, I mean, I just, I just,
3: I uh, introduced you, so I was hoping you'd say a little <laughs> yeah, something.
1: Because I yeah. paid a lot of money for this, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. but I, I'll try not to uh, talk too much, I'll, um, but if I think it's I did write some Johnny jokes, if I could be part of that. Oh,
3: good. that's terrific. Well, Great. you're the Patreon premium guy. You wow. can do whatever you want. Well, that's, now, do that... I have
1: any special powers? Can I, like, command you to do things and such, or? I, I'm hey, just that's, that's,
3: them. that's your Patreon premium tier. You can command us to do things. Wow, okay.
1: Awesome. Wait, hold on. On, i just gotta get a drink hold on a second I, 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 <sighs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay. he's got his
0: dad's glass what is that a can of
2: dad's it, that
1: was, energy drink it's energy drink that i guess he gave to the movie critics or I mean, the tv oh. critics Oh, you it, have says, it, still? it says, "Energize <laughs> your Tuesdays with Dad's Tuesdays <laughs> on Fox." Oh my God, it's real. He's, he's
0: holding up a can with the Dad's poster on it that is an actual promotional item from I don't know ten years ago when was. That's awesome, and I love that the can this. is
1: warped. Oh yes, yeah. well it expired in 2015, but it's still delicious.
0: <laughs> they
3: did better than the show, two years longer, it lasted two years totally. longer. All right, I'm gonna be quiet
1: as a mouse. Okay, back, yeah. back to the so, show.
3: So far, you've been pretty quiet. We appreciate that. Haven't been (laughs) chiming in too much. Um, So so, I
1: don't have any special privileges. I just I just listen to you guys talk and see how it works. This is your Patreon premium tier. Okay, I'm not nice. sure
0: how many times we
1: have to establish that. Okay, <laughs> I got it. Okay, okay sorry. And, I and knew again, I was going to get some barbs from Goldie. It's like... <laughs> again, thank that's you. That's included for. in the Patreon. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm
0: required to, I think five barbs in your direction was what we said. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> awesome. The
3: Rickles of this podcast. All right.
2: Yeah,
3: and, and again, thank you for not uh, butting in too much. Yes. Um, but we want to do, uh, we, the theme of today's show, which we'll get to after Johnny Jokes, is going to be starting a new season, because that's exactly what we're doing on Family Guy right now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we've are we're literally just started a new season, so we'll kind of talk about uh, some of the things that writers do as they head into a new season. But on the overall podcast, I think that's co- kind of going to be the theme of the whole show, is just starting anew. Because, Goldie, uh, I think your kids are starting up school again, and, and you've noticed some interesting things about the schedule. Well,
0: yeah, so for the first time, my kids are now in different schools. Um, actually, that's oh, not wow. true because it used to be nursery school and elementary, but they were both close. But my older kid got into a nice private school situation nice. that's great. We were very proud of her. It's a, a distance from my house. So, anyway, school out here, first of all, starts very early in the year. Like, what is it, August 10th? So oh, it's, yeah. It's summer, right? Like, yeah. no one's like, that's weird. oh, it's August 10th. Right. fall has right. begun the Back leaves right. are on the ground yeah. right. i feel that crisp air yeah <laughs> the days are, are getting shorter it's like we're in the middle of summer so already the school is starting way too early in the year yeah right? yeah because she was at a camp and we had to pull her out a week early anyway that's insanely early
3: yeah.
2: it's
0: so early yeah. but
2: yeah.
0: and the, the whole reason is so like During the year, they take all these holidays no one else takes during days when we work. So it's incredibly inconvenient. The second thing, school out here starts at 8 a.m. What? Which is ridiculous.
4: That's crazy. That's upsetting. I have
0: to get up at 6 a.m., you know, to do, I get everything ready, start getting both kids going. And then there's two different school situations. So why, as a country, are we starting school? before 10 30 yeah. a.m. like <laughs> this is, is crazy like either we're number one in the world and we can take our foot off the gas a little bit and make it easy <laughs> on ourselves or you go despite all our efforts we're number 10 in the world and nothing matters and let's just take our foot off the gas but like yeah here's how school should work so because if we start at eight like most work starts at nine right right so yeah one of the the parents has to bring the kids to work. And then if both parents work, like it's cutting it too close. So then maybe in certain situations, you hire someone to help you. Now that person who you hire is getting up at what four. And maybe they have kids
2: <laughs> yeah. and they
0: have their, you know, spouse has a, As a job where they have to be there now at 7. Like, the whole country's fucked up because of this. (laughs) And then we have to, then we get out early. We get out at, like, 2.30, which no one's out of work. That that time's (laughs) convenient for no one. And then we get home, we have this big dinner that when you have kids no one enjoys the dinner because the kids don't like the dinner
2: right they don't like no. the dinner. <laughs> you will
0: never gonna find if you say like here's chicken a la king to four people one person's gonna like it two people are gonna be neutral and one's gonna hate it and, and yeah. that's with every dish so like here's my plan everyone loves breakfast you wake up school starts at 11 Instead of a big dinner together, we all have a big breakfast together. I Everyone likes this. eggs, waffles, pancakes, bacon, sausage, love cereal. That. Everyone can find something they like. We're all yeah. relaxed, right? Yes.
2: Yes. You, 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 you drop them
0: to school at eleven, and our work starts at what eleven thirty. Great. And people can sleep in. Everyone's happier all of a sudden. Yep. They can have a snack at school. Here's the innovation: school gets out at four thirty. They serve dinner. School dinner, so you don't have to worry about this stupid fucking dinner anymore that's ruining everyone's life the kids it's it's better for everyone to eat dinner early health-wise everyone knows that at this point you don't have to deal with the whole crap of what are we gonna have to do what are we gonna make for dinner dinner's taken care of so that when you get off work and you pick your kid up at what 5 30 because you get off at 5 the dinner is taken care of. That's You're just yeah, going home right. and relaxing with your kids. I, I like what your are we country. doing? I Start like your, <laughs>
3: everything later. <laughs> I, I like your America. I like your America much better. Yes. And by Thank the way, you. every dinner, chicken nuggets. This is what I've learned about kids. Every kid Uh-oh. loves chicken nuggets. They cannot stop asking for them or eating them. So <laughs> chicken nuggets and maybe Friday pizza. And like Fra-
0: that doesn't take talent. To, like the, I used to love to cook. Right, like yeah. I used to say, I used to cook fancy you're things for me cook. and my wife. The um, the amount that life has beaten out of me, where you just present, you're like, here, I worked on this, and some kid is like, I don't like it. It's like you don't know anything. You know nothing about food. Tom G,
3: any uh, Patreon you, uh, premium uh, fan, you, Tom G, you, any you have funny a very stories? Good kid,
1: I like your kid character. You should do that kid more.
0: I'm not gonna eat it. <laughs> I want mac and cheese. Well, let your fucking school make mac and cheese because you know it's easy to make a, a thousand portions of and really cheap mac and cheese. And Chicken let the nuggets. people oh. sure, and let the teachers <laughs> who are being paid like let them feed it to them and deal with the blowback. Yep, I agree. <laughs> G, I've
3: given them a healthy. I, I think the
1: kids would like that too. I think they think it'd be cool to have dinner at at uh, the school. Yeah, I think I bet they idea.
3: would. Any any stories about taking your kids to school,
1: Tom G? Patreon
3: Premium, mm-hmm. Tom
1: G. Uh, no, not really. You can cut that part out. No, you know, our, the nice thing is our elementary school is close to our house. So every day somebody would forget something and, uh, it was easy to turn around and get it again. But uh, yeah.
3: And there's, there's you putting the items in the bike basket and just riding back to school, yeah. <laughs> a chicken in your, in your front basket. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, s-
0: uh, just for the listeners. I mean, this, this us making money through Patreon comes at kind of a cost to you. And there's Barb number two. My contractually obligated five Barbs.
3: Five Barbaras coming your way. You're barbing me and I'm loving it. Uh, Nice. (laughs) Well, so school's a nightmare. But one thing that's great about this time of year, Goldie, and we talk about this every year, is a little show on HBO called Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks on HBO. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's a show that they've been doing for I would say 15 years at least where yeah. they have HBO cam- documentary crews have full access to one team's uh mini camp building up to the season. And they do a great job of filming everything that you never get to see about a football team and splicing it all together with great music, fantastic narration. So this year they're doing the Detroit lions and Goldie, we both watched episode one and I think we're, we're, we're debating season tickets. Is that right?
0: I, I want to become—I think I've, I'm trying to come up with the right term for it. Is it half-coastal? Because if we yeah. were to get a place in Detroit, coastal, semi-coastal.
3: Semi-coastal, I like
0: that. Semi-coastal. Because if we got a place in Detroit, which supposedly is pretty cheap, we, oh, could, we go could go to these in. games. I actually have the thought every year, as I, and you're going to think I'm doing a bit. I am assure you I'm not. Okay. When <laughs> I see the Hard Knocks opening credits, I say to myself audibly— I did it. I live to see another hard night. <laughs> every year when it comes on. And for the past so few years, great. it is not, it's been getting worse and worse. And yes. They and what they do is they try to find someone in the camp who maybe like thinks the earth is flat, is very quirky or something. Right. Right. Writes poetry. And then they try to build it up like this person might make the team. You know they have no shot at making the team. They create schmuck bait fake drama. Yep. This year. No need, because the head coach of the Detroit Lions just came out absolutely firing. Dan with Campbell, one of the greatest, most inspirational locker room speeches I yeah, ever heard. And I saw that clip. One of the g- hilarious things is a speech like that is typically the climax of the sports movie yes. in Act Three before the team goes out and wins. <laughs> right, but several times a day they're giving that speech at the beginning of training camp, nothing's happening, nothing is, and and they're keeping the intensity up at such a fever pitch, it's totally unsustainable. But I want to read a quote that he said, this is in his opening remarks, he started off very kind of, like, gruff, he's like, here are the team rules, and you're like, oh, there's going to be a bunch of team rules. Now, (laughs) now team rules are like, don't be late, make weight, respect the game, that's it.
2: <laughs> yeah. so you're like
0: this is a different kind of coach yeah. wait a second this wait isn't the minute. coach this I'm isn't my to. father's coach and then he goes into the effort and one of the lines he builds to is he says it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes i will beat your ass <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, already and then he makes this incredibly strained metaphor comparing the national football league to the ocean where certain teams never get off the sand. Yep. There are good teams in the shallow water. And then he says, what he wants to do is enter the shallow water, drag the good teams out to the deep water and drown them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was exactly right I don't know if Danny has goosebumps about that
2: but, <laughs> but it, I it also like, <laughs> I got goosebumps just thinking
3: about
0: it, it the, thing, the metaphor breaks out so quickly Because you're like, well why don't you go from land Drag them out of the water And beat them to death on land <laughs> you're Right? Or it's safer. why don't you just drown them you. in the shallow water Yeah Like, what, what difference does it make Where you beat them to death or drown
3: them or kill them And clearly there's no lifeguard at the speech with all <laughs> where all these teams are just dragging each other around right. into the, shall- the shallow and the deep and maybe no. drowning
0: each other. But, but then, I mean, do you want to talk about the... Um, I want to
3: talk about it also
0: Hutchinson dance?
3: Oh, well, a- a- Aiden...
0: Aiden, thank
3: a- you. No, there was a guy who danced. That wasn't Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson sang Michael Jackson. But which, he
0: danced. I mean, he danced as
3: yes, well. Yes, that was so great. Oh, yeah. so, oh. so Aiden Hutchinson is their first round pick. He was the second pick overall in this year's draft. Uh He went to Michigan. He's from a football family. He's one of those like J.J. Watt, kind of like six, six like stunning white guy, football (laughs) player guys. So one of the things they do each year is if you're a rookie, they make you get up in front of the entire team and do a little talent show. And it just kind of breaks the ice and whatever. You have to get up there. You have to say when you were drafted. You have to say, how much your first contract is worth, and his is worth a lot. So when wow. he said, like, yeah. my signing bonus was $22 million, everyone was like, whoa. <laughs> but so he gets up there, and they start playing the music for Billie Jean, and I'm thinking yeah, like, I have to yeah, stop go ahead.
0: You. No, 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 they don't start playing the music to Billie Jean. Yeah. It's acapella.
3: Oh, that's even better. You're right. Yeah. and Way he, more impressive. And he oh, yeah.
0: screws it up.
3: The first line, yes. And
0: so it's like in a movie when the microphone feeds back, and you, you say to yourself, uh-oh. This microphone might not work. This performance might not go off. Right. Wow. And then. Then. Go ahead. It was glorious. Magic. It was he, glorious. He, I, I, I get goosebumps. I mean, I'll play it again. Yeah, I got goosebumps just <laughs> yeah. thinking about it. I mean, you should, everyone should just go on to YouTube and look at. Yeah. Uh, Aiden
3: Hutchinson, Billy Jean. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it was. I'm, it it I, might be better than Michael Jackson.
3: I know. Wow. I literally watched him perform it. And you, first of all. I love how much everyone who's still like 25 and younger knows every word to Billie Jean. I love that. Like it's still a song that just everybody knows. And of course in an NFL locker room, you've got like probably 75, 80% African-Americans in there and they are loving it. And they're looking at this white kid up there singing it and he's fucking nailing it. it. And I, we, we texted each other when we were both watching that, that. That was just, I almost cried watching you do it. Iconic. It yeah. was great. <laughs> yeah. So Hard Knocks, the, 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 the moral of the story is Hard Knocks is absolutely worth watching this year on the theme of things starting up, football's starting up, it gets everybody excited. And this season's Hard Knocks with the Detroit Lions, who are perennial cellar dwellers in the NFL. Yeah. I love saying cellar dwellers, cellar <laughs> dwellers. Uh, but we're rooting for the them. Do it
1: as Dick Van Dyke.
3: Uh, 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 these guys are cellar dwellers (laughs) (laughs) down there sweeping out the basement uh yeah dick Van dyke's still alive by the way crazy i know he beat bill russell i don't know how that happened (laughs) um but so hard knocks is exquisite the coach is excellent he's doing the drills the up downs out there with the team which is basically like when you drop down into a push-up and pop back up he's doing them he looks like he could play He's like well, he did, but well, I know he did, but he looks like he could play right now. Wow. Anyway, is
0: is the running back Jamal Williams? Is that his name?
3: I believe it is. He gave a great speech too. That
0: he at the end of a crappy practice gave a speech where he started crying. Yes, Mm -hmm. I saw this clip. He, I'm saying it on here so it's on the record. He needs to speak at my funeral.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> yes.
0: I love that. But no, no time soon, hopefully. No time yeah, soon. Don't... No, but you never know.
1: <laughs> I'm, actually a, uh, I'm actually a super patron of Hard Knocks. I've seen the whole uh, series, uh, but I signed a non-disclosure. So, I, But keep watching, guys. It's amazing.
3: <laughs> oh, and that's Tom G., our Patreon premium friend, who's uh, not chiming in a lot today. Um, but yeah, Hard Knocks is exquisite uh it sounds like uh your kid's school schedule is a nightmare but i like what you've figured out um and 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 we're going to talk later on in our theme about family guys starting up again i'll just throw out one short little thing i'm here enjoying the last few days in paradise back east before i have to get dragged back to hell in la so i've been doing a lot with my daughter you know because i think she knows that i'm getting ready to to go away for a few weeks and and so she's saying, like, Dada, do you want to play with me? A lot, because mm-hmm. she knows that she's got me by the balls yeah. now. So I, I go and I play with her. And the other day we're playing this game that she calls Have a Job. This game's called Have a Job. <laughs> and we go, we're, we're up in the attic, and she's like, okay, Dada, you can be first. You, you, you have a job. What job do you want to have? And I'm thinking, like, well, what, what does a kid find interesting? I'm like, I'll be a doctor. She's like, no, Dada, Dada, just do your job. <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm, I'm like, okay. And she's like, I'm going to go shopping with my credit card. And she set me up (laughs) with a fake, like, writer's pad and a pen. And here's the thing. We say at the opening of this show every week, uh, we're writers who hate writing. (laughs) Yes. I I hated fake writing for three minutes I had to sit there and just pretend to be writing and I was already by the end of it I was like this sucks alright come on your turn for a job
0: I was gonna I say when, when she said do your job did you then assign tall to do some writing <laughs> and then sit back and wait for it to happen
3: hey we're in another room pal that doesn't mean we're not writing but yes I like that joke I did he
0: say hang on I have a standard and practices meeting so everyone else do writing oh, wait, that's Right. Funny. <laughs> yeah, and then I float with my, my hands behind my head like Ferris Bueller on the pool.
2: Yes. pool <laughs> yeah, You know,
1: can I just say, I don't hate writing. I, what I hate is when people read what you wrote and they don't like it.
2: Well, it's like sucks.
1: And then it's like, oh, well, I love the writing part. It's like, this is great. And then someone else reads it, it's like, oh, it's not so great.
3: <laughs> okay, well, something, unfortunately, that we can't postpone, we haven't had to do it for almost two weeks, it's time. For Johnny Jokes.
0: From Hollywood, <laughs> with an extra Top G Patreon edition, here's Johnny's. Yeah,
3: great intro. That was awesome. Great intro. and. All and right. re- we do have can I go a, first? Well, the, Tom, Oh, hang on. Hold your okay, horses okay. there for a minute. Uh, Tom G., uh, our, our super Patreon premium level fan.
1: I paid a lot uh, of money to be on A here.
3: lot of money to, to tell uh, his Johnny jokes. And yes, uh, Tom G., you can go first.
1: Uh, Donald Trump, he had a wild week. It was revealed earlier this week that while in the White House, Donald Trump would tear up classified documents and throw the pieces of paper into the toilet. Yeah, the ex-president explained he was just a little mixed up at the time, and whatever you do, don't look in the wastebasket.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent.
1: Did you hear this one? A California man caught his wife on videotape adding Drano to his glass of lemonade. Yeah, apparently he asked for an Arnold Palmer, she gave him a Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> 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 Mike Connors is here tonight, the star of Mannix. Can I say what network he's on? Can I? Can I? Can I mention the network? Can I say? Can I? Can I say what? You know what? I'm just gonna say it. CBS. Oh. <laughs> Johnny used to do that. He'd be a little. Devilish. I know. Can I mention the other network? Yeah, stick it to the box. Um... Oh, on a, and there's a, on a sad note, this.
0: Wait, so that, that was the joke? The, the guy from Mannix? Is no, no that, he just no, no, likes no. to throw that, that in, in between. A, that's funny oh, Johnny, Johnny is a That's a funny
1: yeah. No, no joke, <laughs> uh, joke number three, it's not, it's not called Johnny
0: Jokes and Johnny Asides. <laughs> <All laughs> Barb <right>. three. Barb <laughs> three. <laughs> wow.
1: Ouch. Well, I, okay. On a sad note, David McCullough. The a side selling...
0: note or a sad
1: note? <laughs> a, well, a little bit about. Hey, I didn't heckle you during your whatever the, the, the breakfast thing was. So shut up. Well, I, I'm going to pay
0: more than you, and now I'm the Patreon, and you're the podcaster. Very meta. <laughs> oh,
1: my God. Uh, okay, David McCullough, the best-selling author and voice behind countless Ken Burns documentaries, died this week. On his deathbed, he was surrounded by sappy violin music and lots of grainy photos of himself.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Ken
2: Burns. (laughs) Very nice.
1: And finally, media mogul Rupert Murdoch, 91, and model Jerry Hall, 66, finalized their divorce this week. Yeah. Hall, the mother of four of Mick Jagger's children, (laughs) said she didn't realize that when she married Rupert, she'd be going from... Jumping jack flash to lots of gas, gas, gas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love the
2: journey. <laughs> <laughs> Who's here? <laughs> Who else is here?
1: Stick around. We've got Thomas Anthony Harris. He wrote the book, I'm okay, you're okay. <laughs> or as we say around here, I'm okay. It's a little tipsy. <laughs>
0: a bumper crop that was, great. That, was
3: great.
1: that was great that
3: was great character actor chuck mccann will be with us uh, okay here we go time for my less funny those were those were great tom g oh, you're, my you're, Thank you. you're more than a fan okay uh well flash flooding has become a major problem across the united states with denver receiving four inches of rain in under 10 minutes yeah Boy, that is dangerous. Uh, Four inches in under 10 minutes, uh, by the way, was the cause of my last divorce. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Uh,
0: Kind of a sex joke. Hey, everyone. All right. Kind of.
3: Uh, (laughs) Kind of, for for those who understood it. Elon Musk. Elon Musk has invested over $8 billion in a company of his that is attempting to end traffic. Yeah. Uh, Experts say it may have been a waste of money. As all they've come up with in the last twelve months is "move ya bum." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to get rid of traffic. Move ya bum. Here we go, <laughs> and boy, it never ends. Health officials believe now that the polio virus is circulating around the New York City area. Yeah, mm. uh, particularly on the FDR. <laughs> and finally, Ooh, you <laughs> move, your bums Move, your bums I don't want to get polio, you bum. <laughs> and finally, some sad news
2: That's great, that's great
3: <laughs> uh, Finally, some sad news uh, Singer Olivia Newton-John Has Aww. passed away At the age of 73
1: He gone. Oh, yeah. She gone uh, wow.
3: The pop icon was diagnosed with cancer At her last physical Physical oh. <laughs> and I'd like to say uh, I'd like to add May she rest in Greece <laughs> I will say Our friend Our friend Gary Gennetti Sent ah. me Sent me rest in Greece And said he was, too, <laughs> he was too scared To use it on Instagram And I said I would gladly use it here So thank you Gary Gennetti
0: uh, and, and, and no Anne Hase jokes Wow No
3: thank God oh. All right Johnny number All three All right Here
0: we go Comedian Dane Cook finally proposed to his girlfriend, Kelsey, who is 26 years younger than he is. Yeah, uh, Dane got down on one knee, then rolled over in pain because he hit one of her Legos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't subscribe to the Dane Cook news. I, that's, uh, that's all news yeah. to me. <laughs> well,
0: meanwhile, in the wake of the Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade, several new states have banned abortion. And women... If you're thinking about having an abortion, don't. Dane Cook will marry your baby. <laughs> oh, oh, my
2: God. Your baby. I love it. Oh,
0: together. The, the first Weaver joke was really just the second, yeah, just, the second just, one that yeah, I had a lot that's, on. That's a first down. That's a first yeah, down. that's right. what I wanted to do there. Okay. Uh, former President Donald Trump is irate that the FBI broke in and raided his Florida home. In Trump's defense, he would have gladly shown them everything if they had simply identified themselves as Russian agents. (laughs) But but the FBI, however, drew a line. They didn't search Melania's bedroom because it's in New York City. (laughs) And finally, there's a new book out about how to have Bad sex. Oh. Mm, Yeah. And uh, men all over the country are tearing off the cover, reading the last page, then falling asleep.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It was great.
3: Uh, It's great stuff there. Yeah, it's funny, Goldie, because you've done this a few times now, and I feel like maybe as writers we should just briefly highlight it. So Goldie will sometimes take thematic, you know, jokes and link them by theme, using the same story to do two jokes in a row or three jokes in a row. And in writing, you kind of, we call that a callback. And usually there's a little bit of time in between them. But when you're doing it in a, in a monologue form, and Johnny used to do this too, it's just a great way to, as you said, Goldie, the first joke was merely the jab on your way in to release the second joke. And it it really works on audiences. They love it when they get, you know, to giggle about a story two or three times in a row. But It also
0: rewards laziness in a great way because you go, look, I have three or four jokes about this. I know one is great, but I know it'll seem greater. And I I also get to use one of these worst ones. Like if I could somehow call back a previous Barb, I I would have another Barb. Right. Toward my five count. Yeah,
3: yes. you're three now.
0: And sure, <laughs> I, and I'm stuck on three. A lot of people are thinking at this point. It's like, no, wow, no. he's been on three a while. No, <laughs> no. Uh, but it's it's a great way to sort of, uh, you know, use all parts of the buffalo.
1: Yes. Have you guys discussed uh, Nakamura on this show? Do you know that story? No, no. no but, but please do. I yeah, know it's a it great is. story.
0: And I have our own, I have. I'll follow it with our version of this from the Cleveland show.
1: No. All right, well, I'll just do a fast version. I think it was from the Bob Newhart show where they had they were using the word Nakamura as a callback, and the first one didn't get a laugh, and there were like six more after that, <laughs> and none of them were getting laughs. Oh, yeah. So the whole scene uh, bombed, the whole act bombed. Yeah. So like when you when you start doing a callback, someone might say, "Well, watch out for the Nakamuras." Oh, yes. nice. Yeah. Thank you.
0: It's a writer's room term, but so yeah. there was an episode of the Cleveland Show where a riverboat casino came to town. And then Cleveland rapidly lost all his money at the Riverboat Casino and had to go to work in the casino. Uh, And his job (laughs) was, um, you know how sometimes in bars you go into the men's bathroom in the urinal and it's full of ice? Yes. So his job was to empty the urine ice
2: <laughs> oh, and to
0: throw it over the overboard and like the whole thing, you know, it's like, oh, my God, it's melting on my arms as I'm running a dump and I've got melting urine ice. And anyway, throughout the script, there there may have been 12 references to urine <laughs> <Wow>. ice. <laughs> the first one gets nothing. Oh, and no. I'm sitting there just flipping ahead going, oh, my know. God, no. urine, oh, ice, no. urine ice, urine ice. Urine. And by the end... The last one like that, there was a palpable anger from the executives <laughs> in the room <laughs> that, that we had dared and it was maybe the greatest disparity I've ever had in my career between what I thought was going to happen and what happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. And by good. the end we were we were shell shocked. <laughs> yeah. We and we had
3: the same thing on Family Guy at a at a table read where we were doing an episode where Brian and Stewie get shrunk to microscopic size. And it turned out to be yeah. a very good episode. But, oh, yeah, so, the old Osmosis Jones. Exactly. <laughs> they <call it>. cool. <laughs> so they were, like, running through the carpet and with all the little microbial uh, sort of creatures, the dust mites and things yeah. that, uh, what are they called, like tardigrades or that, that live in that microscopic world. And so there were, we had a plucky cast of characters to play these microscopic creatures. And I was playing one, and mine was like the Catskills comedian kind of character who was always Uh-oh. trying to. And so, literally, when I delivered my first joke, it was just absolute silence. <laughs> And oh, I no. knew, like you did, that not only were there several to come, but I had to say them all. Oh, and no. so literally by the time I was on my third or fourth one, the the normally completely professional and stoic Rich Appel was crying, <laughs> laughing, could not catch his breath to read the stage directions. And, and first of all, so that's a Nakamura. And that also plugs into something we talk about on this show a lot, which is... There's nothing better than watching your close friends just fry in their <laughs> yes. own shit. Like, there's something so wonderful about like if I if I was watching Viner in that situation, I would have been laughing the same way. Right. But well, because as, a, to as me. an actor,
0: you go. The only hope this has, and it it is a poor hope, and it'll make it worse, is throwing everything at it yes right? right and so then
2: it
3: makes it worse yeah because it's clear you're sweatily trying as hard as you can and just i'll never forget like i could see out of the corner of my eye, rich convulsing laugh and i've never seen him laugh so hard and it was just at my abject failure uh that was very i funny. got a
1: story about getting no laughs
3: yes okay so really
1: <laughs> so it was, Max and I work on the show called The New Show in the mid-80s yeah. and uh, there were all these technical problems so a sketch we wrote was being shown to the audience at like 2 in the morning and at that point there were only like 8 people in the audience <laughs> so it starts, it's not getting any laughs, it's not getting any laughs. I know where the next laugh is so right before it comes I drop my pants in front of the audience. It gets a huge laugh to the point where all the actors stopped to see what they were laughing at. <laughs> you really dropped your pants? Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, were you wearing 80s.
0: boxers with hearts yeah. on them?
1: <laughs> yes, I was wearing comedy boxers. Yeah. It was it was, it was the eighties. You could do stuff like that. Oh, yeah,
2: right.
0: uh, I did that. That's great <laughs> on But it was great.
1: But but the only drawback was luckily, all the actors Dave Thomas and Catherine O'Hara, and everyone just sort of stopped like, what are people laughing at? <laughs> oh, yeah, no.
3: I've noticed that actors don't Can't be to... the show. <laughs> <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> actors tend not to like when you upstage them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't enjoy you getting the laugh and not them. Um but yes, okay. So that's we now know Nakamura, so we, we're learning more terms. <laughs> And yes. Goldie, again, great great runs there in your in your Johnny yeah. Jokes. I <laughs> Thank always, you. always appreciate uh, the effort and care in that kind of stuff. And as you say, laziness. Yep. Um, <laughs> but so now we're going to get into the theme of today's show, and we've kind of been touching on it up to this point, but we're starting a new season of Family Guy, so we thought we would kind of talk about some of the things that writers and writing staffs do as you're preparing to enter a season, and we can talk about some a of the different... A new season. A new season. And I
0: just wanted to point out you need to tell me because I've almost never worked on a show that had a second season, but so I've, <laughs> I've never had to do it because every show I've been on has been canceled or my own shows. They've been canceled instantly. <laughs> so when you propose this topic, I was like, Oh good. I'm going to learn something <laughs> because I can't get a show to a second season. Well, then Goldie, I will
3: just say that you have good instincts because point uh, number one that I was going to talk about is we, we have a, we happen to be blessed with a large, very funny staff We've uh, Family Guy's obviously been on the air now for for 20 plus years, so we've had a little experience with this. But one of the great things about having a large, talented staff with people like Goldie and, and Megan and Artie and Mike D and Travis and the whole gang, Callahan, they're all great. They will, in advance of the season, when they know the season is approaching they start to send me and Rich story ideas for the upcoming season. And you have no idea what a great move that is. It's such a relief to know that, A, people are thinking about the show, and, B, they're taking their jobs seriously, and, C, they're very funny people who come up with funny ideas. And, in fact, Goldie, the idea that I think you and Travis uh, came up with together because you're you're surf buddies –
0: is a, a great show idea, and I think we're absolutely going to do it. So I can't wait. Cool. And also, I'm gonna I intend to write off like forty grand worth of surf vacations when <laughs> <It's research. laughs> it gets picked up because right. my accountant will be like, "Yeah, you I, you had to research surfing for so it." Awesome. Oh, I did. I needed a new board desperately <laughs> to know how Peter would feel when he bought a new board. <laughs>
3: <Yes>. <laughs> well, it's funny because um, we've had Mike Scully on this show, uh, great uh, showrunner and friend, Mike Scully. And his brother, Brian Scully, who's also a fantastic and funny guy and worked on Family Guy for for many years and The Simpsons, he was there. um, He used to say that when he went on vacation anywhere, Paris, London, you know, Hawaii, he would bring his laptop and open up a file and just say, exterior, Paris, day, and then just close his computer because then he could write off the entire trip as a writing expense. He wow. had that little vacation hack. Wow. If there's
0: any IRS agents listening, <laughs> yeah, just right. you've just given him up. You should give it, <laughs> so that's
4: Brian Scully in social, West Adams,
3: Massachusetts. Yeah, social security number. <laughs> Living high off the hog. But so, no, to get back to the point, a, a big part of, of going into... Uh, a new se- uh, a new season of a show is coming in ready with some ideas it shows the showrunners that you're thinking of the show it shows that you're taking the job seriously and you're actually really helping out and so now it we on family Guy it's it's a unicorn it's a different kind of show we, we come back year after year so we're very thankful for that but on a on a new show I'm wondering Goldie because you you talked yeah. about it that's more you've had a lot of experience starting up a new show. You've started up two of your own. You've been out, you were on Dad's season one, you know? So what are some of the things that you would think of before you would come into a new show?
0: Well, increasingly, like I, I felt like it wasn't this way when we started out, but maybe it was because we, I started out in animation. Um, it's trying to present the executives with, character arcs that could evolve over the course of a season that would seem satisfying like these two characters begin at at odds they then begin a romance then the romance gets blown up by something and in in the end they realize that even though they're right for each other they can't be with each other something like that That, right that you just want to get these these broad ideas like on on making history it was that uh yasser lester's character this history professor sort of, you know, at the beginning doesn't want to mess with stuff and then at the end becomes so inflamed and, and corrupted that we were even going to go... We had this whole plot that he was going to to cover his tracks for all the crime he was doing. He was, he was going to bury 10 skeletons from the president in John Hancock's yard <laughs> and then uncover them and say John Hancock was America's first serial killer <laughs> and then <laughs> use that to further his history career. But then... There this journalist played by Natalie Morales, who we established as kind of catching on to him, we were going to have her then kind of know this was happening and work to expose him as America's first time traveler. And then he was he was going to systematically in this trial sleep with the judge, every member of the jury, every member of the defense. He was going to sleep with everyone involved with the trial. And he's like, I'm just going to sex my way out of this. Like, it's going to become so incredibly corrupted. So it's stuff like that that you think, you know, we want to build in, rather than flying blind episode to episode, like, oh, it might be good if they encounter Nikola Tesla in this episode and then that, like, something that's driving people to come back the next week because – not it's not just a funny show but they're invested in something that's happening with the characters and and to be honest when you start dealing with actors of a pretty high caliber who you're hoping to get with your show the thing that allows you to get them is to say hey you're not just going to be playing this one thing every week because what we see you doing is evolving in this way is getting in this romance is becoming corrupt or is if you're corrupt turning your back on your family and going out on your own because Their brains are wired differently than ours and they want different stuff that we just kind of see like, hey, the real money's here. Is if, you know, if we do Bob Hart's Abishola, no one knows we're on. We do the same thing every week. (laughs) And then they give us a private jet at
3: 100. Like they don't see it that way.
2: (laughs) They want
0: to do
3: stuff. Right. And so I think a way of condensing that thought is it's good at the start of something. That's when you want to air out the big ideas. Like that's when you want to say – like this is where i see this new show going and these are these are the characters who i think should interact most and sort of become you know like you you're lucky enough to get uh sort of a brian and stewie kind of you know buddy thing yeah. that lasts for years you kind of you you want to come in early and and start to establish that stuff and and also i will add much like prison, when you come into a new writer's room, you want to hit the biggest guy in the mouth right away. That's a very important thing for writer's <laughs> room. Just
0: establish your dominance.
2: Okay. Um, yeah. But, but get, seriously. Get
0: crushed and humiliated early, early as you realize yeah. this veteran person knows a lot more than you and will jujitsu you with twice the force of what you throw at them, and then you'll... Quickly and quietly, be fired later. <laughs> right, G- Jewish jitsu. Um, <laughs>
1: it, remember on Dad's, I punched that PA in the stomach. I yes, had that single shut up with that Silvio, yeah, that's not for
0: real. Let's clarify.
1: No, that's not for real.
0: But but
3: so Silvio is uh, he's a great guy, and uh, he was a PA on on Dad's. And big but he's,
0: CrossFit guy
3: he's huge he's like he's like a a very friendly hulk you know he's just like muscular as all hell and so tom used to have a bit with him where he would pretend to like chew silvio out about some mistake he had made with the lunch (laughs) order and then pretend to punch him and punch him out
0: it was very like tony soprano It was very funny
1: (laughs) but it it showed people who was boss.
0: that's right Well, well tom like what do they do on the simpsons how do they approach a new season (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, it's just it's the same as uh, family guy yeah uh, pretty much I, you always want to hear people having stories yeah but yeah. do you come in uh people come in with uh first drafts early on and uh you're just working on the first drafts right away
3: oh okay that's the- interesting that's a little different than what we do I, and i would say that whether you're on uh, a show like simpsons that's been on for 30 plus years or a show that's just starting uh, if they're. Comedy- He's written
0: for Seinfeld. What are we doing, Tuck? How do they
3: do it well, on they, Seinfeld?
1: And, and one thing about Seinfeld, they never plotted out. It was always just about how to make this episode funny. They, there was never like a uh, arc. Were you there
0: when, like, George got engaged and they were playing out with Susan? So, I mean, was that something that just popped up in an episode and it's like, we'll just have him get engaged. And then they said, oh, this works. He's great engaged and funny. I think so.
1: And then, you know, a lot of it, too, depends on, like, you see what what, uh, actors work off well each other and stuff. And, you know, like, sometimes at the start of a season, you'll think, oh, we're going to do something with these two people. And then it's like, oh, that's not really working out so well, but something else is working out. Yeah. You know, you got to... You, you, you can't stay too glued to a, a big arc, you know. You got to yeah. sort of be flexible. Yeah. You know, and no. that can be frustrating, you know. It's like where the network's like, but we need this to happen. And it's like, well, it's not it's not working out. It's,
0: it's sort of harder now because of the, the way mini rooms have evolved and things are, are written, you know, on a lot of shows, particularly single camps, they're now written so far in advance and then they're produced and the writers are no longer around and you're kind of stuck with what you got.
1: Yeah, no, that's bad if you if you write like the first eight episodes before shooting anything. Right. Because if by like, episode three the stuff isn't working, you, you kinda want to see how stuff's gonna work out. Yeah.
3: yeah. The whole
0: show is a Nakamura at that
1: point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: right. Each episode is furthering the Nakamura. But Tom, since we were since we're talking about Seinfeld and it sounds like you were you were there at this time, there's an episode that that Goldie and I I would say refer to maybe like once every every few couple of months. Which is a, the great episode where George pretends that he has a beach house. Were <laughs> you there for that one where he yeah, dr- wait, where he drives the Hamptons? He, yeah, he drives Susan's parents out, yeah, out yeah.
0: as far and as And they you, know he doesn't have one. <laughs> right? but he can, and he swapping. knows he doesn't have one <laughs> right. but neither party you know, confronts the other. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you remember anything about that episode? Like do you remember
3: Um
1: that's the one with shrinkage, right? The shrinkage was the No, big that's thing different.
0: That.
3: Shrinkage. Oh. Shrinkage was just a weekend in the Hamptons with the tomatoes oh. and uh and uh yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think I know the Hamptons one.
0: Because you Alec, you said, Oh, we refer to it every few months. I I think this episode has become a profound metaphor for America and I refer to it weekly almost, yes. in that like We all know Donald Trump is insane and stupid and corrupt. And, like, he He knows knows it, and everyone knows it. And it's like, we'll make him president. It's like, okay, great. And it's like, we'll send the FBI in this house. Good, go ahead, see what happens. Okay, we will. We'll impeach him a second time. Fine, we'll storm the Capitol. I'm glad you did. Now we'll prosecute you for that. Okay, good, go ahead. I mean, we're all, like, in this car together going... Nowhere driving each other insane. It's it's, like to me, it's, it's, it's become like a perfect piece of art about modern life. Yes. Well,
3: yeah, everybody's calling each other's bluff and, and it doesn't matter. Is the thing yeah. like and that's what happened? George just drove them literally to the end of the earth, and <laughs> he drove yeah. them to the tip of Long Island, and they were walking on the beach.
0: <laughs> Although it's one of those things, it it lives in my mind, and I I saw this with the Cheers uh, Cliff goes on Jeopardy episode as well. Like, I it had become in my mind so amazing, and I was like, they hit every beat, and they, and then you go back and watch, and you go. Cliff was only on Jeopardy, like, one scene, and there were only a couple questions. Like, I had remembered in my mind, like, and then there were all these specific questions only Cliff would know. Like, (laughs) the categories were mailmen and their mothers and barflies and whatever. And it's like, no, you filled that in. Like, that. not that much happened. And the same with George's Beach House. I feel like they were only in the car two or three quick scenes. Right, right. But I had built it up like it was an Edward Albee play (laughs) taking place in this car. But I I think back to like a a new season a little bit that, you know, this time off that you have, if you, if you're lucky enough to have it, knowing you have a job when you come back, I mean, jot down five things that are stories. Just don't ever come in assuming someone else is going to do everything. Although, you know, the show ideally does live in one person's head and they have a completest view of what should happen like that's always the best to work with those people and and to help them along the way but you should just treat it like you they might call you to the witness stand yes and ask you for stuff because it's very transparent when someone is thinking of ideas in the moment and passing them off as previously thought of ideas yes i remember they're using they're like you trying to kaiser so say stuff in the room like there's a poster of someone sailing and i'm like they could get in the boat (laughs) 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 that happens a lot
3: (laughs) i've done that
0: before Um, i've done it as well
3: we, we used to um the 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 family guy story pitching process at the beginning of the season used to be different it used to be more what you kind of were just referring to have literally brought to the witness stand where when we came in for the first few days or a week or whatever we would go from writer to writer and they would pitch their story ideas you know and some people had them very fleshed out other people had like great one-liners and there was everything in between but there was the sense of like I'm getting ready for my talent show. Mm-hmm. Talk
0: about Brian Scully, the very memorable one of Peter gets a harmonica stuffed up his ass. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> and we did
5: that. But every time he farts, he's playing the harmonica. Yes.
0: Oh, Brian Scully, known IRS cheat
2: came up with that great
3: idea.
0: No, there, but there there
3: have been and it's it's interesting because I think back to Back when Seth was uh, Seth was still on the show. Seth uh, yeah, and he was still very involved and in, in, in every story that was pitched and every line that was written, we used to go to his house, and this was his actually his old house. So this is now more than 10 years ago. And we would pitch
0: to him there.
2: Yeah, and, I and there's a,
0: nothing he liked more than 20 people using his bathroom. Right, <laughs> that, that may be why he moved. <laughs> That's right, he moved instantly after that.
3: But I remember because I feel like if I'm if I'm being honest with myself as a writer, I'm I definitely my strength lies more in like quick puns and little lines here and there, as opposed to saying like here's the three acts, you know, right. f- fully fleshed out. Like I'm just not as good at that. Read lazy. So
0: you're naked you're so exposed when you're doing that. Because You you almost know from the instant you say the first thing. I've never seen anyone buy it back after the first part of the story didn't work, and it's like, but then in Act Two, and it's, everyone's and, like, oh, and, yeah. right. But it's like having said the first thing. If you have more, it's almost impossible to stop yourself.
1: Right. Do you guys but, have to take network notes at this point? Do you have to? No, well, I mean, so we, get stories approved or anything?
3: Very okay No, we don't have to run stories by anyone. What the 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 level of notes that we get occasionally, and and I will say they're very they're great. About about this the network in the studio is when they see the screenings the animatics and the colors they will then write us an email and say hey i thought maybe this didn't work or i loved this but honestly 90 percent of the time the emails we get are great episode no notes
1: which is yeah that's good because and that's the problem with the first season show like goldie it's like you, you got all the network guys yes. all over you
3: oh my god yes and yeah. that's that's when they really want to weigh in and change things but, but so to go back to this pitch meeting at Seth's house, there was one year where I had come up with this story and I was like, this is a good story. And like, I actually kind of, you know, put more work into it, f- fleshed it all out for, you know, wasn't going to do any cute little tricks or puns when I was pitching it, just yeah. going to pitch this straight story. And I remember I'm so I'm pitching the story and I believe it's that Stewie, the story basically in a one liner was Stewie finally makes a best friend. And so I'm pitching this out and it actually, the story has a little heart as Danny Smith says, you know, if you got your, if you got that heart in your hand, don't be afraid to squeeze it. So I'm pitching, you know, acts one, two, three, and I can see, I can't see Seth because of where he's sitting for whatever reason, but I can see some of the other writers and I will, I will point out Steve Callahan who always supported this idea. And like Steve was almost crying as I was pitching this story idea. And then the only time I did see Seth is when I finished Act Two and was just about to start Act Three. He got up and went to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh no! Yeah.
3: So you have to be prepared for even when you're you think something's great, that Ouch. the person who's your boss is not always going to agree with you, and you just have to be okay with that. Like yeah. you can't you can't get in your own way for the rest of the season yeah. because well, you feel like oh I got fucked on that one story. The, pro- idea. the problem as a is
0: a showrunner is you don't want to discourage people that early in the season. Mm. But on the other hand, you don't want to waste time. And I find that like, as the sort of, as society has gotten uh, more to the point where everyone feels they have to be supportive and empathetic all the time, which is ultimately a good thing. But it means that you have to sort of pretend to be more into things that you know aren't going to work and again, Costanza's Beach House, like you're going, great. So then what would happen? And you're, and you're trying to encourage yeah. maybe someone could fix this thing on the fly and make it something you like. Yeah. And that's very difficult. It one is.
1: time, uh, One time uh, Max and I were pitching a movie and during the pitch, the, the woman listening to it lost her contact lens. <laughs> and she's like, oh, "But keep talking, keep talking." So we're, we're and she's all on her <laughs> on her ball uh, floors and, on the carpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we talking. and that movie was ET. <laughs> uh, we, we I, I once something. had an
0: executive in what was clearly like fifty percent of the way through the pitch. Just go, okay, that's
1: great, we'll oh, love no. <laughs> we love it,
0: we love it, thank you all. so much. And it was like. Uh, You know, I just said act two. (laughs) We all know this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One one time we were pitching to an actor, and there's a knock on the door, and uh, it was his personal jeweler. And so while... (laughs) He was hearing our pitch. He was also looking at watches. Oh and my God. Was
3: it Neil Lane? Was he on The Bachelor? What the hell's <laughs> going on?
1: <laughs> that pitch did not go well. Oh, that
3: movie became Star Wars. <laughs> um, but so, Goldie, to go back to your point, and I think this is a, hopefully a helpful thing for, for writers if they're new or if they're starting on a show. So you can help your showrunner by reading the room. So if you're pitching something, if you brought in pitches... And you're standing up and pitching them just you can usually tell if you're reading the room right away, whether people like it or they don't like it. And if they don't like it, that's a good opportunity for you to be self-deprecating and get out of it with like a shitting on yourself with a little joke and moving on. How do you do that? That, what we're you going to say, Jason? Well, how
4: do you do that? Do you just say, I can see it's not going well? Well, yeah,
3: you can You can be... And listen, there are many writers... On Family Guy, we have so many writers, and they've all mastered this art of self-deprecation. I mean,
0: it's it's a good question. It You know, when you know, you know. But I'll say you could save yourself some of the trouble, especially today as opposed to 20 years ago when you couldn't do this. It's like I texted you, I think, the briefest version yes. of the Serving Story. Like you can beta test your idea. No one's going to be mad to get a text saying like, hey, or I have email. a story... Yeah, I have a story area uh, around oh, the a idea. Of, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> Telegram. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I have a story area in the idea of the family goes to the Empire State Building and gets stuck on the top floor. It, yeah. W- would you like to hear more? Yes or no? Yeah. <laughs> uh, y or N? But yeah. Yes. <laughs> like,
3: but and and JC to to answer that question in, in person. If you're doing something and you're pitching a story idea and you. Notice that it's not going well. There's always, you know, if you're at the end of act one and you have two more acts to go, you could say, and there are two more acts, which I will save for my own personal dream journal and move on to the next (laughs) idea. Like there's just always a way to kind of step out of your own shit while, you know, taking the hit a little bit, but not as much as you would if you sat there for three acts and made everybody kind of sweat it out with your idea that was was subpar. But right, th- okay. the overarching theme here clearly is come in with something when you're starting a new season. Multiple come, things. Come in with multiple things. Come in with ideas for story arcs, for individual episodes, even for funny things that you think a character could be doing, even if they're like kind of individual jokes that could be peppered throughout any episode. It's that just, was my that was a yeah. point I
0: wanted to like underline a little bit is the, the ideas don't all have to be earth changing for the show. They can be smaller little ideas you know they they redo the cabinets in the kitchen and the contractor is a funny character who it turns out you know knew the mom from back in high school like it could be a b story like those all everything's useful right yes you know so also think in terms of you know if, if you're having trouble coming up with stuff go through the cast in your head and go what would be interesting if it happened to this person how would it affect this person or what are just small things that could happen to one person that provide actable moments and story Grift and and if you it, it, not grift story stuff yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and if, if you can find those like also think in your head like try to picture like what would be an interesting guest star coming in and say you know this is an opportunity for us to get someone like this actor or actress everyone likes to come in and and do yeah. this and it's a way of you know make people just see it a little bit um, totally totally
3: and and I think to Tom's point earlier, where you said when you came in at the beginning of a new season and you like to hear each other's stories, right? What, who did something funny over the break? Like what funny thing happened to this person? That is also very important. It's important to come in and, and establish with your room that we we can all laugh. We're making each other laugh. So even if you come in on day one and you're making people laugh with a story about your personal life, or, you know, something that, that occurred to you that doesn't necessarily apply to the
0: show. It's all good to get started, you know. And you I'll w- say, I'm going to take shit for this because of our attitude toward Finchy. whatever. Just don't be afraid to make stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> just say it happened to you. If it happened to your, you know, your brother or your sister or whatever, just no, take it. No, that's good. Yeah,
1: in a pitch, if you say, this really happened to me. Right. Well, yeah,
0: that always makes it funnier.
3: Yeah. Yeah. All right, so those are a few things. Uh, do we Can we think of anything else about starting a new season that could be helpful or in any way interesting to our friends? I, know I would have- just
0: say um, if you're going to do some major change in your appearance or something... Don't do it that day because everything, there's so much new. You'll get more attention for it and can, and can do more with it like later when it's more boring.
1: That's right. <laughs> and, like when Vine... and, uh, I think I mentioned the last time that Max and I were on, don't over-decorate your office because oh, yeah, if, yeah, if you get, yeah, if you get fired, you just want one box and you're out of there. The barber's
0: <laughs> pole, the moose head, <laughs> 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 a lot the... of good uh, individual items in there. The wet bar. <laughs> yeah, I love that.
3: Um, all right. So, I mean, we we started virtually a couple days By ago. By the way,
0: I, yeah. I just also want to say to everyone out there, you, you're never getting a second season of anything ever again. So don't, <laughs> so don't worry about it too much. But, oh, my God,
1: we're, working on a first season show is so much harder than a show that's been up and running. I, I mean, wouldn't know. With... I've only basically done uh,
3: it. Uh, yes, you would.
1: Yeah, but, that's a
3: lie. but there's something fun about working on a first season show because you feel like the plucky underdogs. You're really in it together.
1: And And there's no writer going. We've already done that, (laughs) (laughs) which Which is really
3: annoying. A lot of on Family Guy because that that happened. Season
5: three, done it. We did that. (laughs) Season
3: four. Yeah, so we're we're excited to start up. We're gung ho to start up in person. Uh, when you guys are listening to this, fans, we will be having our first day in person uh, back at our offices. So that's that's aye pretty aye exciting. Aye. I'm 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 psyched to see some of those people we haven't seen in a couple of years in person. I'm psyched to hug Mike D. Aw, <laughs> hug him for me. Uh, that was sarcastic, JC, Aww. but that's okay. No, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see them all in person. So that's starting up. So that's uh, that's what it, what it is. We're starting up soon. We're very excited. And and Tom G, our, our Patreon Premium uh, guest today, you had some something exciting, a movie pitch. You want to tell us about? Yeah,
1: you know, I, I, I've been kind of rusty. I haven't worked in uh, almost two years and haven't worked with Max at all. And you know, after we were let go from The Simpsons after twenty two years, I said, Max, what should we do next? And he goes. <laughs> I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to become an EMT. Right. So long, Pally. And he zoomed away in his wheelchair. Okay. I don't know what I was going to do, but I thought maybe I'd get into the uh, movie business. And, and uh, I had a successful pitch recently, and it wasn't on Zoom. It was uh, in person. And Whoa. I was a little rusty, but I think I'd, I have a few tips on how to help do this. Great. Chris, Great. Well, the night before the pitch, plan your route. You're going to make sure you have a good map or GPS I've got a Thomas guide, which I've used for 40 years, which is <laughs> outstanding. I, I think that's Hollywood's best secret. But, you know, if you're going to someplace like Disney or Warner Brothers, it's easy to go. But a lot of these... Small movie production companies are in, in beach communities like Santa Monica, and they're going re- <laughs> to require some navigation. So the day of the pitch, give yourself three hours to get there because you never know, you, you might run out of gas or your car door might fall off again. Uh, again, Remember to bring duct tape. I, I, I call duct tape a writer's best friend. Well, I'm actually the only friend now that I don't talk to Max. Whether you're reattaching your muffler or just, you know, making sure the lid on your crock pot in the car. That's another thing. You want to bring your own lunch you, because you don't want to be paying Santa Monica restaurant prices. You know? uh, I'm sorry, you did you say your, your crock pot? Yeah. Okay, you want to make sure the crock pot lid is secure with duct tape because and you turn a corner and you, beans are all over the car, it's like, and you don't have time to deal with it because you got to get to your movie meeting. But the thing is, obviously you don't uh you don't want to pay santa monica restaurant prices you like, uh, a ham sandwich and a cup of coffee is going to be at least uh, ten dollars in santa monica yes you're throwing a tomato you gotta take a bank loan but, uh, well, now obviously you don't eat during the pitch no matter how hungry you are you don't want to eat but all of these movie production offices have a waiting area in the front and they've got their hollywood reporters and they've got a, a outlet you can plug in your hot plate and eat after your pitch. pitched <laughs> and it's a chance to even pitch with people uh, waiting to go in uh wardrobe's very important you don't want to wear any pants with noticeable stains or tears. because the worst thing that could happen is you can have the best pitch in the world but if after you leave all they're talking about is did you notice his pants were held together by safety pins <laughs> that does not help no what matter. about duct tape uh, yeah that's good too but uh, uh, you don't want to have your pants held together by safety pins and they're talking about it. unless your pitch is something like say Gina Davis's married and uh, her husband dies and she inherits a uh, safety pin factory then that could work for you <laughs> but turn sure that i've got a special shirt it's a red flannel shirt now if you've ever gotten a christmas card from me in the last 30 years you've seen this shirt because i've worn it in every photo <laughs> and uh, it's it's a great shirt i wear it on special occasions like a movie pitch and in fact i sold my first uh, fax wearing that shirt oh. so,
2: <laughs> so now
1: Because you've uh, left three hours early, presumably you've gone to the uh, office a little early, and I always like to bring with me what I call a DOP kit. And this is a little bag (laughs) with a a comb and a razor and some (laughs) tooth powder. And tooth powder. the production offices are always in the hallway and you need a key to get in, but ask for the key, you're there for a meeting, and they're usually on a Wait, block of wood.
0: do you ask for the key before or after you plug in your hot plate?
1: <laughs> uh, it's, you, you walk in, plug in, go to the front desk, hi, okay, Tom Gamble here for my meeting, can I use your bathroom? And the, the, they give you this big key that's a lot of fun, it's on a block of wood. And so, you know, go into the washroom, and it wouldn't kill you to just splash a little water under your underarms, because you know, like, you might have gotten a flat tire, like, I know, Goldie, you got a flat tire a couple Weeks ago yes. and you might have to run the last mile and a half to get to the meeting. And so, it, it don't know you leave the Dob Kit, don't take it into the meeting with you. That's not necessary. You can leave it in the for the front desk, nothing is gonna, it's never been stolen. Okay, now in the meeting, they're gonna ask you, Do you want any water or coffee? You say no, this will surprise them. But the fact is, you're here to pitch something, you're excited about your idea, you want to just get in there and do the pitch. Then there's gonna be a little small talk from the executives, they're gonna say something like, who watched Hill Street Blues last night? <laughs> and then there's going to be some talk about Hill Street Blues. You don't want that to go too long, but you know, know what's on the three major networks. I, it, it will behoove any young writer to have a highlighter next to their TV guide. So you don't want that talk to go too long. You're like, I've got an idea that's even better than Hill Street Blues. And they go, oh, I thought you were pitching a movie. Oh, well, I am a movie. It is a movie. There will be a little So now what sells these days, I can tell you. The star of my movie is a hot young girl. She's diverse. She's sexy. She's funny. She's got diversity up the wazoo. And she works with these two guys at an office. The office, I haven't really figured out. It's maybe like Entertainment Weekly, you know, some magazine that everyone has on their coffee table. But there are these two jokers who work there who I'm calling Baldy and the Snack. Now, they're <laughs> real, real, uh, they're real joke- jokers. Um, now, let me, the Snack's real name is Andrew Snackstein. And how he got his name was he's very skinny, but he's always at his desk eating Triscuits out of that box. <laughs> and one day, Baldy turns to him, and you guys know how mean, whether you work at NASA or Random House or TV show, you know, office, guys can get kind of mean to each other. Sure. And so one day, Baldy turns, to Andrew and says, you know, you keep eating those Triscuits, you're going to turn into a Triscuit. <laughs> and there's a lot of laughing and high-fiving, and I think everybody, everybody goes home. But the next day, Andrew comes to his desk, and there's a little nameplate that says the, the snack on it. And I think production-wise, it's much funnier if it's actually been engraved. But, you know, a bunch of only makes you do it handwritten. But you should have me back when talking about writers on the set about picking battles and stuff. <laughs> so anyways, let me tell you something about the snack. He's hilarious. He's one of the funniest guys. He can make anyone in the world laugh. Everyone except for one person, his wife. <laughs> and he's given his wife everything. He's given her a, a wonderful daughter, a house remodel, north of a million dollars. All well, he wants is a giggle in return, a laugh or something. Um, scenes in his house are going to be very tense. It's going to be uh, sort of like the Hurt Locker, those scenes. Now, Baldi, uh, Baldi is also very hilarious. It's like he's brilliant. Uh, I wrote a little file card to describe him. He's the kind of guy who will read seven newspapers before breakfast and the back of the cereal box. That's <laughs> kind of a funny little <laughs> whimsical thing. Uh, the one quirk about Baldy is every couple of weeks, one of his family members dies. <laughs> the oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but then, <laughs> but then uh, the snack pulls out his Triscuit box and everything's uh, back together again. Now we, like I mentioned... The main character is hot, sexy, diverse. Did I tell you what her name is? It's it's Brie Velveeta. And uh, everybody (laughs) calls her BV. Everybody calls her BV. (laughs) And uh, she keeps a cheese journal, which is something people do. And... One day she uh, leaves her cheese journal on the train and the conductor picks it up and reads it to their diary. Last night I ate some Gouda and it sparks memory in the conductor about his grandmama in Switzerland and how she used to feed him Swiss cheese. And uh, our diary is going to be our way into all the different stories. Well, I don't want to tell you too much because my boss Roberto at Santa Monica features would get mad. So I'm not going to tell you more. But at the end of the pitch, they might buy it in the room. They might say they have to think about it. That's the point you go like, you know what? Now I'll take that water and maybe a (laughs) coffee. I'll take one of each. (laughs) And ideally, they'll point you in the direction of the snack room. And this is when not having holes in your pockets really pays off. You can (laughs) put a few power bars in there or some licorice sticks. And then you spend the rest of the day trying to figure out how you're getting back to Altadena. Hey, does anybody hear a siren?
4: What? I do. Wait, hold on. Oh. What What is that? It's a,
1: it's Max. It sounds, sounds like an ambulance. Oh, uh oh, who could it uh, be? Uh, oh!
5: Um, <laughs> hey, uh, Max! Oh. Max, what are you doing here? Hey, hey, Tom, why are you telling people I'm not in the business anymore? I'm actually on my way to a production office right now. Wait, wait, where? Hang on, hang on. I'm headed to Lincoln in Santa Monica.
1: Santa, you mean Santa Monica? that's where my that's where my meeting was. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Hang on, hang hang on, hang
5: on. I got, I got to park this thing. Fun thing about an ambulance: I I don't need uh, change for the meter. I'm allowed to just pull over where I I want. Hang on. Okay, so now you're
1: not going to the first
5: office to the left, are you? Hang on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going in. Hang on. Oh boy. What a mess. It, it looks like he... Looks, oh, no. looks like he killed himself. Hang on. Let me just cut the rope. Wait. Uh, no. What? It can't be Roberto. Hang, hang on, hang on. He left a note. Let me read this. Dear world, I just bought the worst movie pitch I've ever heard. I'm done. Signed, Roberto. Kind of cute signature. The O's are little hearts. Like, uh, oh, man. Th-
1: this can't be the same Roberto.
5: It's like... So does he have like a fancy
1: like $20 haircut? Is he <laughs> short? Does he have a dark complexion?
5: Right now, his complexion is... Blue. He's turned blue. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, nice this kid. is terrible. Hey, Max, maybe we can do a, a, a script about this. Uh, Tom, my crew does not find this kind of thing very funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's... Well, if this is a real Roberto, I'm not going to have money to pay for this Patreon premium. Oh, no. thing. Hey, let me, let, let me call you back. This is my first suicide. i got to figure out how to bag this guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no is that and scene
2: oh
1: (laughs) wow wow and that's that's how you pitch a movie guys
0: oh my goodness we should be paying you i'm gonna refund your money for
3: the
1: i know we
0: We may just and so max pross welcome back
3: to the podcast how are you hello how was how was your life without songs? Max, it was how they
1: were they were quizzing me about the Simpsons and Seinfeld. It was awful. It's like I had told them we're not; those days are over. He the appeared to, to know future.
0: nothing about the Simpsons under <laughs> under scrutiny.
1: Hey, if you want to hear us talk about the Simpsons, we did many many audio commentaries. No, uh, that's I, true. I, yeah, sure. I can't, that's where you I get can't the mics tell you what's going on
5: with the Simpsons now. We
1: haven't been there in a while.
5: But we're very yeah. used to wearing heavy, sweaty headphones like this. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: so Matt yeah, Max, yeah. Max
3: Max, update us on the EMT training. How's that going? I,
5: I, I recently got my license. It just yeah. came in the mail a couple of weeks ago. So I'm looking for events to do. And uh, <laughs> I haven't done a lot of if I don't if I don't put in enough ambulance time, I will have to retake the test in a year. So I'm I'm taking it, you know, slow and steady. But uh, Yeah.
0: Have you stuck yeah. a pen in anyone's throat yet?
5: No, 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 haven't had to do that. Um, a, believe me, Max doesn't do anything with the pen. <laughs> uh,
3: there's Barb number one from, uh, from
1: Tom yeah. G. Hey, by the way, Max isn't paying for the Patreon premium page, but let's bring him on.
3: Yeah. I, lo- I love that Max is here. And and once again, the, the drum roll for you coming was huge. And then once you got here, like before, Tom wouldn't stop talking and let you get a word in
5: edgewise. I can't wait to listen to the show. I'm sorry, I was in the waiting room, so I couldn't he hear anything. the whole so I, I, time. I feel kind of out of it. With
0: your crockpot? And your <laughs> kit and yeah. right. Max, we're we're
3: glad to hear that you got your EMT license. Congratulations! Yeah, That's congratulations!
1: Awesome. Yeah,
5: we're so happy Great for you. Great job! If the uh,
3: <laughs> if the, they told
5: them if how much <laughs> it pays. Oh, it's a it's a completely minimum wage job. <laughs> uh, <with the> EMT <laughs> system, which was decimated. Let me tell you something. If you guys at your podcast or at your TV show need a set medic, I know animation doesn't really need medics, but you can get a. You bunch haven't
0: of- seen our room.
5: You can get a punch up guy at EMT prices, which is minimum wage, $15 an hour. And wow. I'm sure Tom, wow. will, Tom will hang around too. So, you know, yeah. sure. What well, also about the maybe...
0: EMT Guild? They don't miss <laughs> no. the rates. Residuals well, on if you save someone's life, you then get a commission on their future earnings or anything
1: our, be, our, that's a great. Respirators movement. down means respirators down. The, EMT, <laughs> hey, the, union
5: the EMTs, David Goodman has decided to strike this year. So, there are going to be a lot of people dying <laughs> on the sidewalk.
2: We're going on strike. Yeah, we're going on strike.
5: <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> as long
1: as we're you a can't package things. us as part of an ambulance crew. <laughs> <laughs> As long as we're like uh, whoring ourselves out, uh, you know, I look a little bit like um, Barry Goldwater. You so if anybody do, has, uh, if if anybody needs uh, Barry Goldwater for a one-man show or anything, I uh, uh, see when I'm it,
3: I pointed that out to you. Maybe you had heard this before, mm-hmm. but I pointed that out to you, and yeah. you, you took grave offense at that, and now, you, now you've now embraced I mean, it. Now yeah. you've embraced Barry
1: Goldwater it. is a hero compared to like what's going on in Arizona course, these days. Of yeah. course, of course, I grew up with his granddaughter, you
0: I mean, what a what an it. unfound gold mine to look like Barry yeah. Goldwater in 2022. <laughs> well, well,
1: let's spin it into gold.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I look like a minion. That seems more
2: no,
1: marketable. No.
0: Much more relevant.
3: I mean, was, uh, we, was,
5: Tom, was Tom the only guest today? Like, no Pete Holmes, nobody like that? I wasn't even a guest. <laughs> yeah.
3: Tom, no, Tom, no. Tom is now our first Patreon premium uh, member, so he yeah. got to sit in and watch the show, and he said... Many, many times that he wasn't going to interrupt.
2: Hmm. So yeah. uh, that,
3: that worked out. Um, all right. Well, thank you to, first of all, Tom, unbelievable bit about, I mean, yeah. not a bit. Unbelievable no. story, should I say. <laughs> good <laughs> advice about uh, pitching a movie. I loved, uh, you know, good luck down in Santa Monica.
0: It sounds like it's the place for you. <laughs> all
3: right, um, so now
1: it's time for the top five, right? Can I stay for the top five? You can. Yeah. I mean, can anyone can stay, can. Max. We're actually
0: going to give the uh, the. Patreon money to uh, Roberto's GoFundMe. That's right. Uh, <laughs> uh,
5: I, I have a favorite. Can, can I leave for the top five? Is it already? Yeah. Fine? <laughs> yes, Max. Oh thank you You're very great. much. Great. Thank right. you yes. for yes. lives on. to save. You've got lives thank to save. Thank you, Max. I'm I'm sorry to hear Tom's the only guest. I guess I'll listen this week. I, I want to kind of get on this. <laughs> all right. Talk to you guys or, later. Or thank you. Tom, I'll see you tonight. Yes, <laughs> thank definitely. You. Oh, that yeah, was so I made funny, it sound guys. like I don't
1: see Max, but actually uh, uh, they're coming over for dinner tonight.
3: Oh, that's nice. That's You're great. gonna bury the hatchet. I think that's classy. <laughs> totally. Um, all right. Now I think we're finally ready to get to a portion of the show we like to call Top Five. Top five. There it is. Now, Goldie, set us up for this week because this was your category.
0: Yeah, this is uh, top five best legal drugs or medications.
3: Yeah. Love it.
0: So Love it. I can, I can just get us started. So unless you want
3: to hold it because, I don't know, I feel like you should be no. the closest. All right, go ahead.
0: Go ahead, Goldie. Uh, number five, I'm going to say it's it's a childhood favorite, Triaminic.
2: Oh, oh what is Would that? Would I
0: have a cocktail that was like Triaminic and rum? Sure. I, I think you could... I think it could be a drink mixture.
3: Yes, it's so Ooh. good. Yeah, wasn't that was that a Simpsons? Wasn't that this like the secret uh, ingredient to
1: that's uh, right in the most uh, flaming mose? Oh, like, yeah, right. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, well, when I worked with uh, Tom Davis and he had a sore throat, it was always uh, Nyquil and rum. That was a combination.
0: Uh, wow, so great. Worked out for him. Uh, number four, Ricola.
2: Ricola.
0: Ricola. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> limit yourself to needing to have a sore throat to enjoy a Ricola. Yeah, it's just an will. all day treat. Because if you don't have a sore throat, what ends up happening is the menthol gives you an almost like superpower for about eight minutes. Yes. Ah,
4: you're Love invincible. Ricola.
0: Great call. Uh, number three is legal cocaine, aka nasal spray. <laughs> is that true? I didn't know that. Just makes you you get the rush. You get I know empty airways, you get like a kick of energy. Yeah, um, Afrin. There we number, go. Number two no has saved many a Jew's life. Tums.
4: Tums. 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 Oh,
0: Goldie, what, what do you think about their theme song, though? Could be the laziest theme song ever created <laughs> oh, 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 where they, they told someone like, all right, six months from now, we're going to launch a big Tums campaign. Here's a million dollars, and the person leaves. They come back five months later. What do you got? Here it is. Tums, 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 Tums,
1: Tums. But everybody remembers it. That's they good. do.
3: It's like the Liberty Mutual Insurance, where they just I say, say that
0: it, it, when you're eating Jewish food, the dessert should just be served on a giant Tum.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have a
0: scoop of vanilla ice cream on a huge tum On a tum with some tum crumbles And, and number Ooh. one, and I've had them And this is why baseball players, pro athletes get into so much trouble There is nothing better than being on steroids
2: <laughs> <laughs> The superhuman
0: power, the workouts Yes,
2: yeah,
3: that's great You're a bionic, awesome.
0: a bionic human
3: Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Tom, would you like to go?
1: Sure. I can go next. Uh, number five, atorvastatin. It's really great for uh, cholesterol. Nice. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Uh, preservation, uh, number four. It's, you take two a day. They're vitamins for your eyes. Ooh. Uh, three, uh, real vitamin D3. It's, it's the, called the sunshine vitamin. It, it keeps your bones strong. You know, you still need to wear sneakers in the shower because you're still going to fall, but <laughs> you probably won't break so many bones if you are taking d three. <laughs> Uh, uh, Allegra is an allergy medicine. Mm-hmm. I have a very manly allergies. I'm allergic to smelly soaps, smelly <laughs> candles. Very manly. There you go. <laughs> uh, and Allegra does make you sleepy. And number one, I've got a little...
4: Ah, Cod Liver Oil. It's very good for it's you. Like, it's, yes. th- guys,
1: this is really good for uh, to keep you regular. You know, I've got neighborhood kids who come over and they think they're pulling a fast one on me. They give me a brownie lace with egg slacks. You know, they don't realize they're doing me a terrific favor. Is, but, is, that,
0: is that bottle newer or older than the Dad's Energy Drink?
1: <laughs> no, this is, this is. You can get this at your health food store. Cod Liver Oil. First of all, it's fun to uh, take every morning because it's like you're in the Little Rascals. You, uh, you take a spoonful and. It's, it's uh, lemon flavored, so it doesn't – Well, I recently came back from Iceland where everyone yeah. uh, drinks cod liver oil in They drink like in the morning. fermented and cod liver yeah, oil. Yeah, so really, this is uh, – I can't recommend cod that, liver oil that enough. That bottle it's just good for looks your brain like too. it's from
3: the Depression. I love it. <laughs> it's such yeah. a great look. He's holding up a bottle of cod liver oil. Um, yes. All right. I, I'll, I'll go ahead. That, mine are – if you don't mind, JC, closing mind. it up. Okay. Yeah. So number five for me is uh, Sudafed. Uh, ah, I wasn't is, my uh, list, yeah, what again. I might uh, do if they keep raising interest rates. Hey, everyone, the Johnny jokes are over. Um, or as, as, you're
1: going to sue a Fed person? Sue the
3: Fed. Okay, oh, okay. never mind. Um, or as Goldie <laughs> might say, Susan the Fed. Uh, number four and Goldie were in the same area. This is uh, the my Tums equivalent is Pepto. It's, ah, it's yeah. like, you know, it's like Popeye's spinach for Jews. It's just, you know, it really does what it says it does. So
1: oh, I've never used any of those stuff. What, they sell your stomach?
3: Oh, yeah. what do they do? And- Pepto-Bismol is for uh, when you've got diarrhea, upset stomach, nausea. You know, it's
0: like. <laughs> it, it'll it, make your poop disappear for a couple of days and it'll be a bizarre dark shade sounds
1: uh, healthy oh, okay. it, it just, colors
0: it, it it looks like the, it then i'm looks not gonna like start clay. now no
1: don't start now no it, i've gone this
0: far without using yeah, it. yeah lucky well, well, you've got tom, cod liver oil you don't need it yeah, yeah
3: and tom also you're you're a waspy guy you don't have to worry about the stomach stuff the same way. You I'm, got,
1: not the gefil- I'm not eating the gefilte fish yeah no. you just you
3: don't have stomach stuff you just have madness that'll be kind of, <laughs> um number three uh and i think it might be the same as triaminic. I called it children's Dimetap. Dimetap, oh, yeah. it was oh. that purple grape flavored oh, uh, yeah, I remember cold that. medicine. Yes. drowsy and delicious, I like to call it. children's Dimetap. <laughs> and number two, uh, Advil, the &m's of medicine. Yes. yeah I mean it's it's just they work it, it has the appearance of candy, even it, I think they're even sugar coated somehow. Oh Very. my yeah. friend, trying to leave. Oh yeah, I know. Oh my God! Aleve, Alive, Aliver, same same family. And yeah. Goldie, this Never might seen. set you up for for something here. My number one, Nyquil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some we don't thing- want to.
0: We don't want to go down that road. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> go- Goldie
3: and I used to have a bit going back and forth of like a Carson bit actually, where we would pretend that he would be listing famous. These are other famous
0: quills. They're they're famous <laughs> quills, and and when we do this. We get more of a response either way. Some people love the famous quills, and others they, they detest them with a rage. And so yes. again, here we die and we we've, we've never done a bit two nights in a row, and we're doing it here. These are <laughs> yeah. these are famous quills. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're disappointed in someone, you might uh, want to try a little bit of Psy-Quill.
2: Psy-Quill. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: if
3: you're, you're taking that uh, quick weekend getaway to uh, Fire Island, you might want a little
0: guy quill <laughs> guy quill <laughs> so that went on and on we did that for and, and again we we hear that some of you do not like this <laughs> yeah. but, but others yeah. feel just as passionately the other way <laughs> that's a big part of the bit was explaining why you were it. doing it and that you were trying to gauge whether this was very popular or unpopular. <laughs> All right. So Nyquil
3: was number one. Okay, JC, what do
0: you got?
4: Okay. Um, so I my my version of your Tums and Pepto is charcoal pills, are charcoal pills. Ooh. So what that this won't change the chemistry of your stomach. But yeah. if you have like a moment of like, oh, that's not good, I just take Two capsules of charcoal pills because they use them to remove poison if you've ingested poison. It's the same thing. And it's. So,
0: could you just suck on a charcoal briquette for the same <laughs> results? Possibly.
4: <laughs> but I, Is yeah, that why you...
2: coal
0: miners are so healthy? They're getting all that <laughs> charcoal. <laughs> yeah, are they?
4: Yeah, <laughs> I, I really, I love, a, I have charcoal pill bottles like everywhere. They're great, very useful. Okay, my number four, we have overlap. We call them ibubes in my house, ibuprofen. We oh, yeah. pop yeah. those like, like candy uh, as well.
3: Like, juju, like jujubes.
4: Like jujubes. My number three are magnesium supplements. I take two capsules at night before I go to bed. Keeps you regular. Just oh, saying if anybody needs a little help with that. Number two gets a little edgier. Number two, uh, I, I was talking to Chris Long about this. He helped me remember this. Tussin. Robitussin. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. sure. <laughs>
4: you want sure. a little little party before you go to bed? Drowsy. Or not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
3: that. Anything that makes me drowsy. I'm a yeah. big fan
4: of. Same, same. <laughs> and then my number one. I, you know, I don't have a prescription, but I've taken this um, a few times. Xanax. Yeah. Mm.
2: Wow. Wow.
0: How do we forget Xanax?
4: How? I'm. I'm
0: scared. Because I, I, just you know might with like it too much. My reaction to alcohol and everything that, like, yeah. if I took yeah. one Xanax, Stay away. I think I, I would always need a Xanax. Stay yeah. away. I will it's,
4: say one yeah. SNL finale after party after after party. Stu and I went to the after after party. We don't drink, okay? And everyone is just raging. I had a Xanax pill and i looked at him and i was like do you want to split this we're at this part everyone's like ah, you know
2: dancing yeah. and we
4: take the pills and we're in the middle of this dance sweaty dance floor literally dancing in half time looking at each other like <laughs> this is so
2: great <laughs> <You> know,
3: <laughs> the, the world's most relaxing palindrome xanax exactly that's a great list and now so for, for next week's top five, this, this require, always the best lists always require a little explanation. So this is the list for next week. Top five, this might be the best song ever. So <laughs> okay. I'm, not, I'm not talking about like Let It Be or Yesterday, like these songs that Ramblin' know Man? <laughs> if you can make a case for it. I'm saying songs that you might not think would be on the top, but for some reason, when you hear them, you think to yourself, this might be the best song ever. So tom, top tom, five tom, of those. Tom. <laughs> tom, there it is. All right. Now, and, and we're lucky to have Tom G, our Patreon premium uh, fan here live, because he's going to help us end the show as we do every week on a high note. <laughs> That's hilarious, Tom. <laughs> Thank you. Sound um, up. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll get us started <laughs> with just so a good. little thing that maybe a lot of you saw, which I thought was great. Is it's, uh, We're in the midst of the Little League World Series. I've been watching uh, uh, a few of uh, those. Uh, and the and hug? Yes. And so what happened last week was uh, Texas and Oklahoma were playing each other. And uh, the Texas pitcher hit a kid, an Oklahoma batter, in the head. And the kid was down for a couple minutes, and there were coaches around. You know, it was all very quiet and somber. And then the kid got up, and he was, you know, fine, made his way to first base. Meanwhile, the experience was so uh, distressing to the pitcher who had hit the kid that the pitcher was on the mound crying into his glove. Like, he was very emotional about about (laughs) what he had done. And so the Oklahoma kid came off first base, And just stood on the mound hugging this kid and like talking to him for like two minutes. And then the rest of his team came and surrounded (laughs) him. And it was just, it was such a sweet moment. And it's, it's one of those moments where obviously it's what's sports in its purest form when you combine it with their kids and the innocence of children. And it just makes you think for a fleeting moment that we could be okay as a society if we really wanted to. You know, everyone's, <laughs> yes. we're so divided and everyone hates each other and one side thinks we're right and the other side. But there, there's a way to achieve common ground and there's a way to be human with each other in these moments. Wow. And I just thought those, that kid from Oklahoma in particular just did a great job. So that was my high note.
4: That's beautiful and very well said. Um, do you want to go, Goldie, or do you want me to go?
0: Uh, go ahead.
4: Okay, uh, my high note this week, you know, I had to choose, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with this one. Um, I'd like to thank Ross Birkin, who invited me to fill in for Brian McElhaney to co-host with Ross and Rodrigo Garcia Platas, a podcast called Biotypical.
3: Wait, what?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, it, it's very different from what we do. It was really fascinating. Sure we, in, <laughs> we interviewed um, a man named Charles Muir. If you haven't heard of him, he is one of the originators of the modern tantra move- movement. Oh. So it was, whoa, was it interesting. We learned about like tantric, you know, sex. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you can say it on here.
4: <laughs> and, and yoga. And it was really fascinating. I, di- I didn't know what I was getting into. And it was, it was amazing. It was really, really uh, insightful. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, I, so, yeah. I bet.
3: Uh, my, my <laughs> I, really I, 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 I tend to have tantric sex, but just for three minutes because I'm barely moving, <laughs> a, but it's just three minutes.
4: The tantrum. <laughs> you know
3: what the best
0: part of sex is? Not coming. <laughs> yeah, that's, a- <laughs> that's what we all want. <laughs> oh, oh, More I God. can not come for
3: so long. I'll make you not
0: come for such a long time. It's going to be great. <laughs> it feels like fraud. <laughs> the longer you're with me, the less you'll come. It'll be great. <laughs> you'll love it (laughs) because i'm so good at sex (laughs) um all right i'll go so seth mcfarland has a funny like in writer's room bits about this but it's a very true thing so i had my physical with my doctor annual physical uh this week and there's nothing better the minute after you get a good report you know that you're healthy For Like, it can only go downhill from there (laughs) for the rest of the year because you're going to start getting all these weird little gains and assume, like, (laughs) is this the heart attack? Is this the cancer? Whatever. But when you've been scanned and probed and it's like, nope, there's nothing in there and you're fine. Like, that day. Yes. Yes. You know that, like the day you were born, like, today I'm fine. And so (laughs) I was able to enjoy that feeling. yeah. It's like Johnny
4: jokes, but stretched over a year. So yes, it's like- yes <laughs> you're done with the Johnny
0: jokes. Yeah. The second it's, it's like this is the furthest away from Johnny jokes I'll ever be. It's like yes, this is the furthest away from from death that is possible for me right now. Right. So that's good. Well, that's congratulations, yes, congratulations on that clean bill of health. Yeah. Yes. And as I told you, uh, you know, because I'm approaching fifty, that. I've now become, sadly, I'm good at getting prostate exams. Like, I used to have some fight in me. I used to resist. I used to be like, ah, whatever. And this time it was like, take all the time you need, man. Like, probe around up there. I'm just staring out the window going, I don't, like, I don't have it in me anymore to have an opinion about this.
4: It's... Maybe you should uh, listen to that tantric that's great. Uh, episode. Yeah,
0: tantric, <laughs> a tantric prostate exam.
3: Uh, well, what a way to wrap this up. Goldie is healthy uh yes. tom g our first patreon premium thank fan. you thank what you. a performance thank you is. so much so yeah great. and tom, let's just say his full name tom Gamble. the, yes. the your movie thank pitch you. and when i asked you before when you said you were going to talk about a movie pitch and i said is it a bit you said there might be some jokes in there <laughs> it was great it was, awesome. it was so
1: I, I believe as a patreon premium i was supposed to get five barbs from golden oh no, uh, no. <laughs>
0: We'll, no. we'll refund you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll roll them into next. This is episode. why I adamantly fought having a premium. <laughs> I, I just don't want pressure. to do the obligations affiliated. With uh, it.
3: So, Tom Gamble, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you, Tom. you for thank sharing you for your, your and- funny stories. Thank you to Goldie and JC for always being awesome. And thank you all for listening. We will talk to you again next week.
2: Next week.
0: Guy Quill.